You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 229. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another Friday episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and every Friday we bring you a new story of a woman and her experience in her journey and the lessons that she's learned along the way with the hope that you can learn some of the lessons, that you can see yourself in these women and their experiences and be able to realize that if they have done it, that you can do it too. And today is a very special guest. Today I have Ellen Oates on the podcast. And Ellen's story, oh man, you guys are going to love it. And so many of you are going to relate to it because Ellen's transformation has been one that has occurred on the inside. And that can sometimes for women that can feel like, oh, but that's not what I really want. What I really want is the external transformation. But as you listen to Ellen and as you listen to her story, you're going to hear what a difference that internal transformation has made for her, for her peace, for her relationships with other people. We really talk about a lot how her relationships with people have been able to become deeper and more authentic and, and some of the reasons for that. And Um, For those of you who feel like it's very hard for you to look in the mirror and say that you like the person who is standing in front of you, which I know is a lot of women who are listening, please, please, please listen to this podcast because Ellen talks about that experience and how she was able to get to that place to release that it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about me, but I love the person who is standing in front of me and how that really has shifted everything for her in her journey. Let's jump into this amazing interview with Ellen. I am so excited to welcome Ellen Oates to the podcast. Ellen, how are you doing this morning? I am doing so good. I am very excited to have you and allow you to be able to share your story because as we were talking before we hit record, it's been kind of a long one. And I think it's really helpful for people, especially who are starting this process to um, have a little bit of perspective of that this, this road may look different than you think it's going to look. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that it's the wrong road. And so I'm excited for you to give a little bit of that perspective of what that road's been like for you. So let's start out just a little bit um, about your story. Um, tell us a little bit about you and and maybe some of your struggles over the last couple of years and kind of what led you to joining Macros 101. Okay. So I'm the youngest of five girls. I grew up in a small little farm in a little tiny town in um, Illinois. And I was just a happy kid, like always happy, like optimistic, always thinking about the best things in life and just, just like happy. And I grew up with a really hard, like a really good work, work ethic. Like my parents taught me to work hard. Like it was just us girls on the farm. So we did all the chores. Like there was no one else to take the slack. So we just did it. And 
I, over the years of like getting older, turned that work ethic into if I'm not hardworking, then I am not like, I'm like, I can't see my worth. And I didn't realize I had turned it into that, but I had really turned it into that. And like, so after adding a kid and then another kid and then another kid and another kid, um, and it kept going, like my ability to manage my life was a lot, um, it was getting a lot harder. And so I just kept beating myself up. I was just like, why can't you do this? Why are you not amazing at this, 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 and this? Why can you not do, like, I really thought in my head, I could only do one thing perfectly. And I was like, well, my kids are my main priority. So I guess I can only raise kids and do nothing else. But you like lose yourself in that. There's no longer things that, I mean, my kids bring me joy, but like I wasn't finding things that brought me personal joy or me like just feeling like a a victory or, and like I wasn't doing the hard work that I was used to. So I just kind of felt I felt pretty bad. (laughs) I was not Mm -hmm. finding things that made me happy. And I just kind of just, I I used to be a runner because like, I remember you talking about in your podcast, because you started out running because it's free and like, you can can exercise from anywhere. And I had sciatica so bad after my sixth baby that I could no longer run. And I just, I just felt blah. And I remember sitting in my front room and like, just talking to my husband and saying, I am just at the bottom. I don't know where to go from here and I need something. And I had, I had pushed no on your program multiple times. Like I, I like it appealed to me. And then I was like, no, I can't do that. I can't spend that money. It's just another thing that's just going to like, I'm going to buy and then I'm never going to do. So I didn't do it, but I was like, I got to do it. And he's like, just go for it. Mm-hmm. And so I pushed purchase and I was ready. <laughs> Yeah, that's so awesome. I want to back up a little bit because you hit on a topic that I think um, is is more important than than a lot of people listening realize. And I want to make sure that we don't gloss over it because it really can be an aha moment for, for some people listening. You talked about how you had this realization that a lot of your worth is wrapped up in productivity or in work um, or in producing. And I, I think I see with my clients that that is actually very, very, very common. And, um, and a lot of people don't realize it. And so I'm curious because I think hearing your uh, discovery of this may shed some light for people who are walking around with, with their worth tied up in their productivity and their work and, and don't even know it at this, at this, at this point. So I, I'm curious for your experience what did that realization look like? Like, how did you come up with that realization of, oh, I am wrapping my worth up in, in my work? Um, how did you figure that out? I don't think I knew I had the problem. I, I just knew I didn't feel happy about myself and I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel proud of myself. Mm. And I didn't look in the mirror and like look back at myself and think, like you're doing an awesome job. Like I was a person who was like onto the next thing. Oh, I got that. Check that list off my list. Go, 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 go. Like I, I always had to be go, go, go. Mm. And like my husband would like ask me so many times, just like, just calm, like, just sit down with me. Just, um, just like be, just mm-hmm. be here. Yeah. And I had such a hard time being present and I didn't even realize, I didn't even like connect the dots of what um, I was associating it with until I got deep into your program and really started to like, look at myself. And I was, it hits, it actually came from my very first coaching call from you. 
Mm-hmm. I got on a coaching call with you and I was just a blubbering mess. Like I was just crying about how I didn't think I could do this and how it was just too much. And I am not going to be successful. And I was so scared that I was going to change my life so completely to be successful that I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, Amber. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And you got to my level. You didn't like, there was no like mocking me or laughing at me or judging me. You just listened. And it's like the first time, like I felt validated and feeling how I felt like it's okay to feel how you're doing. Like you were working hard, girl, like good job. And from that point, like you were able to like help me, like you kind of held my hand and led me out of that place of fear. And it was a huge aha for me because I was able to like, from that point forward, move forward, not from a place of fear, but what does Ellen want? What makes her happy? What, what is like, what, who is she doing these things for? Like, I, I remember writing down the question, like you asked us about who is, who is fast um, weight loss and fat loss for. And I remember writing down all the people that I thought it was for and none of them was for me. Mm. And like what I realized um, very early on after my first eight week cut that I don't actually, weight loss is not one of my top priorities. And um, I actually haven't lost weight in the last two years, but that doesn't mean I've had it, haven't had a huge transformation um, from the inside. And that's what I was seeking. I thought I was seeking the the weight loss, but I was actually seeking love for myself and value beyond working hard, working every day, go, go, going. And I working hard every day and like go, go, going actually led me to some pretty serious um, health problems. Mm. And uh, I didn't took me also to the program to address those health problems. Cause I just, I always put myself on the back burner always was just like, push it back. Oh, you're feeling that way. You're all right. Just take care of everybody else and it'll all go away. Like, cause I, I'm very good about, um, like pushing my pain away and just focusing on something else to distract me from it. And so, um, yeah, I'm kind of tangenting now. No, but it's, it's so good because, um, you listed a lot of symptoms that I think people can be, can be looking for. And, and now listen, like, that this is this is the challenging thing is that um just because you have some of those symptoms doesn't mean that the diagnosis is always this this worth issue um so it's like it, it's just like a medical diagnosis it's like you can have overlapping symptoms with different diagnoses uh but i think hearing those symptoms uh, from you and the experience that you had can help people to start to realize hey do i do i resonate with that do i which i think a lot of people do where it's like uh, I set a goal and it's like, I hit it. And then it's like, I'm always on to the next goal. And it's always like, I always have to be like climbing that mountain. I can't just, you, when you said like, I can't just be, I think that is such an important symptom to be looking for is like, if, if you struggle just to be and to sit still and to not be moving and not to be producing, that can be a really clear sign of st- tying your worth up with your productivity or your work, because we struggle just to be, if we feel like, well, if I'm not producing, then I'm not valuable. So I think just hearing those symptoms is so, so incredibly helpful for people who haven't had the realization that you've had that, oh, maybe this is something that I need a little deeper that I need to work on. The other thing that I really want to highlight that you said is that you can't figure out anything when you're in fear. 
fear brings up um, the fight or flight. It, it shuts off the prefrontal cortex. We get into like reactionary decision-making. That, that's what fear brings up in us. And a lot of us are trying to make decisions from a place of fear and not able to do it because you can't make great decisions from that place. And so I think what you said was so important is that when you start to notice that you're in that fear, recognizing that any decisions that you make from that place are not going to be of your, for your highest value and your highest good. And so one of the first steps is being able to get out of that fear is to calm that fear down. Right. And we did that on that coaching call of like you coming with a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. And if we can calm that down and start to make decisions from a place other than fear, that's when you start to make your best decisions for Ellen and for your greatest good. And so I offer that here as, as a lesson for people to take away of, of recognizing when you get into that fear and kind of having that moment of like, okay, whatever decisions I'm making in this moment are probably not the best. How can we move away from fear, move out of that place and then make decisions from there? Because it's going to be, be uh, such a better decision-making process for you. Um, so, you know, you talk a lot about, about how this, uh, transformation has been very internal. Can you describe a little bit more what that's been like for you? And maybe to even make it a little tangible of, um, experiences that you've had in the past that, that are different now. Um, you know, uh, maybe even like examples, if you have them of, Hey, this is how I dealt with this situation in the past, and this is how I deal with it now. And kind of contrasting, because internal uh, internal growth is hard because people can't see it, and so, but it gets manifested in the way that you react to things, and the way that you show up for things, and the way you show up for yourself. So, any examples that you have to kind of illustrate that would be awesome. Okay, so the first thing that made me I was thinking about when you were talking is that when I was coming from that place of fear and just that expectation that I, I put on myself, but I thought I was feeling it from external sources. Like I thought everybody else was caring so much about these things. Mm. Um, that's good. That I was putting this expectation on myself, which then I went and put an expectation on my children and my husband. And so if they were not, um, doing as much as I was doing, I was angry at them and I was bitter at them. And I would, um, it caused a lot of tension for us. So now I come from a place of, I do a lot of the same things that I used to do. Like I make a lot of the same decisions I used to, because that like my brain hasn't like my, my me as a being hasn't changed. And my, how I, I come out to the world has not changed, but my mind around how I do the things, like I no longer do them because I, everybody else, I think expects me to, I do them now because, Oh, I actually really love when my house is clean. And so I set up like ways for my children and I to be successful, to have my house clean, but not make it like so priority that I am no longer like, I'm keeping the relationships. I'm, I'm keeping a relationship and a strong bond between my relationships. And I'm not, I'm not making people feel, well, I hope I'm not <laughs> um, making people feel horrible about themselves just to achieve these goals that I feel like are put on me from other people. Um, I, another, another way I wrote down one time, life works for us. Everything happens for our learning or gain. Ask self, how is this ha happening for me? Life gives us the things we need to get to where we need to go. And I put like, I'm here. This is where I want to be. And then like, in the middle is super messy. And I have had these gut health problems now for most of my adult um, life. And I used to think that I could just 
if I could just stop eating sugar, if I could just stop doing um, like overeating, if I could just like, all, I used to think like, I used to blame myself all the time for it. And um, I would like really beat myself up about it. And just, I thought it was me, 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 me. Like I'm such a problem. I am causing all this stuff to myself because I can't change. And um, after like, I learned that lesson with you, um, I started to see myself as me. And then I, I have these, I have these symptoms going on, but like, they're not me. They don't define me. Um, they're just something I'm working through. And I thought, how could I make this work for my good? Um, and since doing that, I have actually noticed that my symptoms are happening less because I was a go, go goer. I wasn't allowing my body to just relax ever. And since like with the relaxation and like just being present in life and not just thinking on to the next thing, I've been able to like start to heal my body truly from the inside, not just my mind, but like my actual body. And um, that is a way that like this has manifest. like that's like one of the biggest ways this has manifested for me, like just that calming down and just being like, I've been able to like heal some things inside. And I know that they're, I go through like episodes and like lapses of these, these times where like my stomach just gets awful and flares up and I'm bloated every day. And like, those are the times that I have looked myself in the mirror and pointed out all the good things about myself. Um, It's really hard to love yourself when you don't, when you don't feel good inside. But for me, not feeling great is like a, it happens often. And so I really needed to find a way to love myself through those times and give my body grace mm. and the, and the, just like the love that it needed to, to heal. Because when you're always beating yourself up about something you can't really control, um, it's doing nothing good for you mentally or physically. And uh, that has been a huge, like I just remember looking at myself in the mirror and like just bags under my eyes because I hadn't been sleeping and just like, just like acne on my face and just like looking at myself and like saying out loud, like all the good things about myself and just telling myself I love myself. And like, I actually believe it now. And uh, I actually truly believe that I am worthy, even if I do nothing in life or in my day. And two years ago, I can't even imagine saying that to myself, or I would even think that now. Um, so huge, huge for me. Yeah, yeah, and I know, and I know that you know there are women who are listening to this and and want that so bad. <clears throat> and I think what you pointed out about what what you were seeking. And what you really needed might have been two different things. And, and I think there are a lot of women who have that experience is they think that they're seeking one thing. And in reality, they're seeking the like inner deep healing that, that you're expressing and that you're talking about. And at the end of the day, they want exactly that. They want to be able to look at the mirror and really love the person that they see on the other side. And your, your uh, example of having that experience and it's not 
when you're at your leanest or when you're at the end of your cut or when you finally fit into the size six jeans or, you know, when you like were all done up, how powerful it is to be able to have that experience that you had in front of the mirror at, you know, quote unquote, your, your dark time, your like worst time with your bags and with your like bloating and when you're like not feeling your best. And I think that takes work to be able to get there. And it is a hundred percent possible for everybody listening to this, this podcast. If you think, oh, well, that's just Ellen. And that's really great for her. I could never get there. Check yourself because you absolutely a hundred percent can't. Now it takes work. And I think Ellen will be the first to tell you that it takes some, some deep work <laughs> and not always like comfortable work, but it is possible um, for you to get there. One of the things that you talked about that I want to, I want to circle back to, because um, I always find it funny when like things come up of, and when I'm learning things outside of, you know, things I'm talking about on the podcast, but I've been reading the book, Alice of the Heart with Brene Brown and from Brene Brown. And she talks about resentment and she talks about how when we resent other people, um, oftentimes that is because there's something unfulfilled in us. And so, for example, like we get mad at our husband if he's sitting on the couch and we're like working, we get mad at our husband and we resent our husband. And the real reason we resent our husband isn't because he's sitting on the couch. It's because we want that and we can't have it. For some reason, we've told ourselves we can't sit on the couch. We can't rest. And so then we, that creates a resentment in us. And what I heard you say is that you got to a place where you, you may be the actions you may be taking, like you may still be cleaning the house, but it's with, it's with a personal peace. It's without a resentment for other people. It's without expectations of other people. It's a, it's a decision that you've made and being able to move from like cleaning the house because you resent everybody and nobody works hard as you do. And why is no one helping me? Like cleaning the house from that place versus cleaning the house because I want to, and because I like it and because it makes me happy. And because, you know, this is what I, I enjoy, or I like at least a clean house. It's, it's the same action from a very different place. And that can be really hard to see for other people, but very profound when you can get to that place. Um, so I, I, it, do you have any other, like, I mean, does that idea of resentment res, uh, resound with you? Is that something that you've noticed in yourself of being able to move away from that resentment and have more of that personal peace? Oh, definitely. That was a hundred percent what it was. I can definitely relate to that. I was a hundred percent coming from that place of resentment, like seeing you do it, but I am not able to do it because I have all these other things I need to do. Um, definitely. And like, like I even saw with my extended family, like I would see my sister-in-laws doing stuff with their babies. And I'm like, well, I can't afford that. Or I can't do that. Or I'm, I'm too busy doing this, this, or this. So I can't do that. And so I would just, I was just building the resentment and like for years and kind of closing myself off to a lot of relationships because of this, this built up resentment that I had and just always just feeling not good enough. Like if I could just do this, then I'll feel good. And then I can be, then I can go hang out with them. Or if I just, if I just get this job done, then I can go be with my husband. I was always like, thinking if I just accomplish this one thing, then I can just, then I can just be and feel, mm-hmm. and feel good and happy and calm and at peace inside. But I never <laughs> felt that peace. I, I only found that peace when I kept every day, just doing a little bit of hard work, learning to love myself and like really just the loving myself has created new relationships for me in so many ways. Cause I, I feel like I'm more compassionate now 
to other people and empathetic because I know what it feels like to be on that side. And I don't want anybody else to feel like that. I don't want people to not like themselves. And so because I feel super happy with me, I feel like I'm, I'm connecting more with other people. Okay. So <clears throat> Atlas of the Heart is a good book that everybody should read. <laughs> um, and in there, Brene Brown talks about how what we're really looking for is connection and belonging and how that's a core human need. And that a lot of these things that we do um, end up separating us from people and end up pushing people away. And so I find it so interesting that you're talking about um, these issues and struggles that you had with your worth and how it created a chasm between you and how it impacted the relationships that you had with other people. And when you were able to heal that part of yourself, it, it, it allowed you to be able to create those, have those stronger relationships, have that connection that we're seeking, have that belonging that we are seeking. Uh, and I think it's such, um, it's an eye-opening thing for a lot of people that they haven't maybe realized the cost of you sitting there hating yourself, you sitting there telling yourself all these, you know, terrible things that you would never say to your friend. Um, that one of the costs of that is relationships and connection to other people. And I think, um, when you can start to heal that and see the, the the relationships flourish. I remember a really awesome coaching call with you because we had a couple and one of them was about relationships. It was about your experience with other people. It was a little bit about some of those people-pleasing tendencies that a lot of people have um, about what other people think about you and, and kind of working through that. Um, do you remember that coaching call? And if so, what was that experience like for you? What were some of those ahas you had? Oh, yes. That coaching call is, was huge for me because that had been part of just being a happy-go-lucky person is not wanting confrontation in your yeah. life. Like mm -hmm. you just want, you everybody just want everybody. Yes. And yeah. I truly thought that if I was nice, that everybody should like me. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, to, <laughs> I remember saying to you, you, were, you said to me, I said, um, you're like, what, what would be like if people didn't like you? What if they met you and they didn't like you? I'm like, well, then they just have to get to know me and then they'll like me. And you're like, well, that's still you banking on them liking you. Like not everybody's going to like you. And like, I was like, what? Everybody's going to like me like this. I was a 30, what was a 32 year old woman. And I didn't realize that not everybody liked me. And it was exhausting trying to make everybody like me, yeah. like trying I was like, I called myself a chameleon. Like I would form to whatever situation I was in. And then, cause, because I, I was like, I, I was like a, I'm like a heartfelt person. So like, as you can notice already, I've already cried on this call, this, this podcast and many coaching calls have I cried on, but I, I connect with people. And part of what the, that deep connection is what scares me because I was, I would, I was so self-deflated myself that I was having a hard time not picking my own self apart with these deep connections. And so when I was in these, these conversations, people, I like felt where they were coming from. I'm like, Oh yeah, like your point is valid. And so I wouldn't know how to communicate with them because I didn't want any confrontation. And so I kind of just always agreed with them, but then I'd come home and I know people can relate to this one because I have since realizing I've said it to a lot of people like me too, but that when you come home from a conversation and you just pick apart the conversation. You just think about all the things that you said. And you're like, oh, crap, why did I say that? Why did I do that? I shouldn't have said this. Oh, I should have done this. And like, just like always doing that. to so like an extreme of just like tearing myself apart. And I'm like, wait, 
No, this is not. So that's why that, that built the, the chasm between me and uh, relationships. Also, I'm like, well, if I just don't ever see anybody, if I'm just home and alone, then I don't have to worry about all the things that I'm getting wrong. But you have said this multiple times. When you come from a place of service, everything works out. And when I am being a friend to others and really deeply getting to know them and caring about them, it's all going to work out there. My true nature will shine. And the people that are meant to be in my life will be in my life. And those that don't really connect with me or don't really like my cup of tea, it's okay. There'll be people for them too. And like there, I have a neighbor who I just don't, don't click with at all. Like not at all. And everything, like everything we think and act and do is just different. But I remember she posted something on Facebook and her husband wrote in the comments, I don't know how, but I got married the coolest girl. And I was like, oh, we all have our people. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks that she is the coolest girl ever. My husband and I don't think like that, but hey, I got my man who thinks I'm really cool. Yeah. And I just, that, that was, but because I had done so much work and I feel like every day I just do a little bit of something like that 20 minutes a day you always talk about because I'm always trying. I was able to see that where before that would have kind of happened. That could have happened before in my life, but I, I wouldn't have been able to see it. Cause I was so focused on all my negative stuff that but like when you keep doing the work and you keep trying, you'll be ready for when those huge moments come, those like aha moments that are meant for you, you'll be ready for them and you'll be able to embrace them. And like, have it be life-changing for you and make you a better person. So good. I think um, the thing that's so awesome to pull out is this idea of the chameleon. Um, because I know there are other people out there who kind of are the same thing is like it, when you have such people pleasing tendencies and want everybody to like you so bad, you do change yourself based off the situation, based off the people who are it, because you want to be liked so bad. And the irony about that is that you cannot you're doing that in order to create connection with people, but you can never create deep connection with people when you aren't being yourself. And so if you're trying so deeply to, to be able to get to know people, but you're not even showing your real person. So how can you ever create real, true, meaning lasting connection? Um, Brene Brown talks about how the near enemy of connection is control. And when you are a people pleaser, when you're trying to get everybody like, you're trying to control everybody and you cannot create connection by controlling people. And that's really hard for a lot of people to let go of because we want to be liked and we're human and we want people to, to, to like us. But when you can let go of that and, and, and recognize that just like not everybody likes apples, <laughs> you know, like doesn't mean apples are bad or wrong, but like not everybody likes apples. Um, and when you can let go of it, then coming back to that relationship, then you can really create connection. Then you can really create deep lasting connection with somebody because now you're showing up as the real Ellen. And when you can like the real Ellen and you like her, doesn't really matter if anybody else likes her. You can show up as the real her and people, some people like it, some people won't, but you're always going to be okay because you like the real Ellen. Exactly. It's beautiful. And we've, we've also had a coaching call on that and just letting things, yeah. just let the wave take you, just mm -hmm. being still and letting the wave ride you and then come up for air when, when the time is right and just letting life happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. So if somebody is listening to this and they are feeling the emotion come up in them as they're listening to your story, because it can, it relates so much to them and they're, they're in that dark space of 
maybe feeling like they're trying to please everybody else. And um, they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see and they don't talk well to themselves. What, what would you say to them? What like piece of advice could you give to that person? So I'm going to share in kind of an analogy because I relate so much to your analogies. So last month I ran a 5k And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I had not been able to run after my sixth baby because of sciatica and just a knee, knee aches. Um, I ran ladies. I ran, I ran a 5k and I ran the whole thing. And I just, the whole time of running this 5k, I just thought about life and you guys are a lot farther on than in your journey than you think you are. And you're doing a lot more good than you think you are. All those times where you're like thinking you're not good enough, if you just put all the pieces together that you've been doing, like I just remember running and just thinking every single time that I stepped out my front door and practiced running, every time that I have lifted weights, every time that I just was such like a, I was just, I was just crying as I ran because I was just like so I thought I was so broken, but I was actually a lot less broken than I thought. I just needed to look at myself in a new lens and just see myself for all the good and wonderful things I was doing instead of all the negative and like all the just, I, I can't even like call it bad stuff anymore because like nothing I've done is bad. All the things I've done have been really great. And I only, you can only do as good as what you know, like there's that Maya Angelou quote, am I going to get it wrong? But it's like, do what you can until you know better. And once you know better, do better. So just like, give yourself grace, give yourself love, look at yourself and admire yourself for all of the wonderful, wonderful, like so many wonderful things about each of us. Um, Like, look at those and give yourself a pat on the back. Like you always say, celebrate those wins, even if you think they're tiny, like, so many people, when you ask for wins, are like, oh, mine's little. I'm like, stop it. They're not little. Like, they are amazing. Like, they're, we are so much more amazing than we think we are. And just, like, I think of myself, just, just being able to, to create the life that I have and the relationships that I have with the people that mean the most to me is just, that's like the most important thing, especially with myself, like creating that love and relationship with myself and just guys, I wore a two piece swimming suit. I have lost zero weight and I wore a two piece swimming suit and rocked it and felt so good in my, like in my own skin. And that's, yeah, that's what I would have to say. It's huge. It's so good. Ellen, you're amazing. And I think everyone's got to feel your heart and, um, and, and just your genuineness. And that is one of the things that I admire most about you. I've, I've loved you from uh, day one on our coaching call. I, I love it when people are open and vulnerable and willing to share. And, and I saw that desire and that fire in you to, to be able to change and to um, grow. And, and your willingness to do that has been, I, I know I can speak for a lot of people, especially in like beyond and your willingness to grow and to share that and to let us see that and let us in on that has been an amazing experience. So thanks so much for sharing your beauty on the podcast as well. Thank you. That means a lot. 
Wasn't that amazing? Isn't Ellen amazing? She is phenomenal. And I, I'm just so proud of her and the work that she has done and how it really has created this ripple effect in her life and in her relationships and in her mothering and in her, you know, spousal relationship. I just, I think one of the things that people underestimate as you do this work and as you create this internal to external transformation is the parts of your life that it impacts, the ripple effect that this has on all the other areas and aspects of your life. And that is what is so powerful about changing like your perspective, your perception of yourself is when you come from that place of worth and that your worth is innate. It isn't tied to anything that you do externally, but that you in and of yourself as a human being are a hundred percent worthy from the day that you enter this earth to the day you die when you really start to grasp that, it changes everything. It changes every aspect of your life. And that is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to yourself. So I hope that you learned something. I hope that you took something away from this episode with Ellen. Um, it's one of my favorites. I, I love I love Ellen's story. So thanks for being here on the podcast. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio Insider List. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.